Okay. So today we're in the Monster Stories book. Guys, we're almost done with this book. We're getting close to the end. And we're in the Weird and Wonderful Beasts section. Weird and Wonderful. And we are... Wow. <laughs> we are reading a story called Perseus and the Gorgon. And we've heard about Perseus before. We read about him in the section about scales and tails, you know, the dragons um, and the creatures that were in the ocean, monster, sea monsters and stuff. And in that section, we had Perseus rescuing Andromeda. Do you remember her? She was the girl who or the king was trying to get his daughter saved because there was this big sea monster that was eating people. <laughs> and he jumped into the ocean and fought the big sea monster and killed it. Well, he is he's a hero. And this is an ancient Greek myth. And this particular telling is by a man named James Baldwin. And I want you to understand before we read this that um, they, the people in ancient Greece, they didn't have TVs or movie theaters. They didn't have, even they didn't even have radio. They didn't have any way to entertain themselves except by telling stories. And so they told a lot of stories and many of their stories got pretty intense and it was because they didn't have any other form of entertainment. <laughs> See? So they couldn't like say, I want to go pick up the iPad and play on an app. They couldn't do that. So when we read these stories, we have to imagine that we lived in a time where there was no iPhones to play with or there was no Disney Plus to turn on TV. And they didn't have anything to keep them entertained. And so they could get pretty creative in their storytelling. And this particular story, it gets pretty um, interesting and creative. So now that I've got that disclaimer out, ladies and gentlemen, Perseus. And the Gorgon by James Baldwin, read by Mommy and Philip. And Philip. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Now, in this case, the Greek hero, again, Perseus, this is who we're dealing with, has been summoned by his king, and the king has a task for him to do to prove himself as a hero. The Gorgons, said the king are three terrible demon sisters who live in the middle of Africa. Their bodies are covered with dragon scales. Their hands are claws. They have snakes instead of hair. And they have teeth as long as tusks. Whoever looks upon them is turned into stone. All three are dreadful, but one who is named Medusa is the most dreadful of all. Now, 
I've been thinking, as you are fond of adventures, you will go and cut off Medusa's head. Now, Perseus was much too brave to refuse, or even think about refusing. So he lay down to get a little sleep before starting out. And he dreamt that some of the Greek gods, Pluto, Minerva, and Mercury, came to his bedside and that each gave him a parting present. Pluto gave him a helmet, Minerva a shield, and Mercury a pair of sandals with little wings fastened to them. But the dream was not as strange as what he found when he woke up. There, on his bed, actually lay the helmet, the shield of polished steel, and the winged sandals. Well, somebody must have put them there. So, first, Perseus put on the helmet. Then, he slung the shield over his shoulders, and last of all, he put on the winged sandals on his feet. And when the wings spread themselves at his heels and carried him high into the air, he began to think that the visit from the gods must have been something more than a dream. Did you, did you notice something about those gods' names? Listen to these names. Pluto. Mercury. Where have you heard those names before? Planets names. Do you want to know something amazing? Those planets were named after the Greek gods. Just like the ocean, Atlant- the Atlantic Ocean is named after the Greek god Atlas. So many things in our world are named from stories that came from the ancient Greek mythos. So it's important that we start getting them in our brains now because we'll see them everywhere we go. I'm named after someone. You are named after someone, but you are not named after a Greek god. Well, I mean, if we make up a Greek god that's named after me. Well, you, I think, I think there probably were quite a few people in ancient Greece who had the name Philip, to be honest with you. It's... It's a very ancient like name. Like Philip Boost? That's one of the guys from a show that I like to watch. Yeah. It's The show is called Lamps. Oh. Okay. Cannons and tricks. Oh. Lamps, cannons, yeah. and tricks. Yeah. Um, let's not get too far off the subject. Let's get back to where we work. Okay. Ahem. <clears throat> Sorry for the delay, folks. Here we go. Perseus went up so high that the earth looked like a large map spread out below him and curved. But he could not nearly, he could not till nearly nightfall, see in the far distance a cluster of palm trees. Reaching the palm trees, at last he found in the midst of the cluster a wooden hut. He entered and found three 
very old women warming their hands at a few burning sticks. As he came in, the three crones turned their faces toward him. Now, do you know what a crone is? What? It's kind of another way of saying an old witch. And and these three are very special old women. So let's hear what it says. Perseus saw that one of them had only one eye and no teeth. That another had only one tooth and no eye. And that the third had neither teeth nor eyes. I am a traveler, said Perseus, and have lost my way. Will you kindly tell me where I am? Come in and show yourself, said the crone who had an eye sharply. I must see who you are before I answer, she added, even though her one eye was looking straight at Perseus. Here I am, said Perseus, stepping into the middle of the room. I suppose you can see me now. It's very strange, very strange, said the old woman. Sisters, I hear a man's voice, but I see no man. Nonsense, sister, said the one who had the tooth. You can't have put the eye in right. Let me try. To the amazement of Perseus, the first old woman took out her eye and passed it to the second, who, after giving it a polish, put it in her own face and looked around, but she also saw nothing. So they kept passing the eye around from one to another, and yet they could see nothing. At last, Perseus, feeling terribly hot and tired, took off Pluto's helmet to cool himself when suddenly... There he is! I see him now! exclaimed the old woman who at that moment happened to be using the eye. And so Perseus found out that his helmet made him invisible when he put it on. He said... Will you put me on the right road to where I want to go? It was the one who happened to have the eye in her head that always spoke. We are the three gray sisters. And where do you want to go? I want to visit the Gorgons, particularly Medusa, said Perseus. Do you happen to know where they are? Of course we know, but never, no, never will we tell you where they live or the way to get there. Never, croaked the old woman with the tooth. Never, mumbled the third. Perseus did all he could to try to persuade them, but they were so stubborn that he was only wasting words. Meanwhile, they laid out their supper, which they ate in a very strange way. They took turns with the one tooth 
that they had among them and passed it around from one to the other just as they did with their one eye. After supper, they put the eye and the tooth into a little box while they took a nap. Perseus, watching for his opportunity, snatched up the box, put on his helmet, and cried out, Now, tell me the way to Medusa, or else you shall never see or eat again. Whoa. The poor old gray sisters went down on their knees and begged him to give them back their only tooth and their only eye, but he said, It is my turn to be stubborn. Tell me where to find Medusa. Very well, said the eldest gray sister. You must go straight on, night and day, until you come to the country of King Atlas. Near the king's palace is a garden where the trees bear golden apples guarded by a dragon. If the dragon does not devour you, you must pass the garden gate and go a long, long way till you come to a great lake where if you do not find the gorgons, you will be a lucky man. Perseus gave the old woman back their tooth and their eye, which they received with joy, left the hut and traveled on. After many days, he came to a fertile country where he found a great garden enclosed by a high wall. And sure enough, at the gate, there sat a monstrous dragon with glaring eyes. But Perseus, wearing his invisible helmet, passed by safely. In time, he came to the lake where he took off his helmet to quench his thirst. But while he was drinking, Perseus was startled by the approach of what sounded like a mighty rush of wind. He had just enough time to put his helmet on again before he saw, reflected in the lake, the flying form of the terrible Medusa, the Gorgon whom he had vowed to slay. Medusa, not seeing Perseus, sat down beside him with folded wings. Perseus remembered what would happen to him if he looked at Medusa. Do you remember what happens if you look at them? You get turned into stone. So he can't, he can't look at her, right? And yet how in the world was he to fight her without looking at her? Suddenly, he thought of Minerva's shield which was polished like a mirror. He turned it towards Medusa and saw not herself, but her reflection in the polished shield, which did just as well. She was indeed a monster, even more terrible than Perseus had expected. Medusa was was of gigantic size, hideous and cruel in face, with the claws and the wings of a dragon horrible scales and hundreds of writhing and hissing snakes on her head instead of hair. No wonder that anyone who looked on her was turned to stone straight away. Perseus, wearing his helmet and guiding himself by his mirror from which he never moved his eyes, drew his blade and sprang upon the monster. 
He gave one stroke just between her chin where her scales began, and in a single moment, her hideous head was rolling on the sand. The snakes gave one last hiss, and the deed was done. Still keeping his eyes turned away, Perseus, using his shield as a mirror, found Medusa's head. He slung it out of his sight behind him, and then rising in the air, Perseus flew homewards. And that is the end of that incredibly intense story. I hope my disclaimer at the beginning was not in vain. I hope that you all enjoyed this but remembered this was just all made up story from thousands of years ago what do you think did you like it kind of crazy huh <laughs> we have to say something because they can't see you if, you if you don't say anything our friends won't know what you thought did you like it or was it too scary I was so terrified it was terrifying. Mm. Well, it's just make believe. Okay, so let's keep that in our minds. Just make believe. And that's also the end. <laughs> <laughs>